that CR offers support. We're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about uh, the sermon is who do, who do you rely on? And but first of all, I want to say thank you, Phaedra. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, as a graduate of the 12-step process and Celebrate Recovery, I can tell you personally that it's not easy to talk about things that really, really, underneath all the sheets and all the doors and all the windows that you have shut out everyone. It's not easy to do that. So thank you. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts. I'll tell you that right now. It takes probably one of the hardest things I ever did is I walked, I walked into the doors at Celebrate Recovery. And if you've ever been to Celebrate Recovery, you know what I'm talking about. And people, people often come up to me and they say, I would go to CR, Celebrate Recovery, or, but you know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just not addicted to drugs and I don't have an alcohol problem. This is something to ponder, okay? Do you ever get mad? (laughs) Don't answer that out loud. Don't elbow your neighbor, okay? Don't elbow your mate. You ever get you ever get mad? You ever eat too many cheeseburgers? You ever do these things? Maybe you have a habit. Maybe you have an addiction. Maybe maybe it's something like that. But maybe it's you hold grudges. Are you angry at your past? Are you angry at people in your past? It'll help you with forgiveness. One of the hardest things that I think us as humans will ever say is, I'm sorry, right? Especially to somebody that mm, we don't think deserves it necessarily. But who do you rely on this morning? The number one person that we are called to rely on as followers of Jesus is God. He should never not be first. Period. But here, here's where I got the, here's where I got this message, and and Phaedra was was sharing some 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 things out of First Corinthians chapter one, and that's where we're going to be this morning. If you want to turn in your Bibles, actually, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter one, and we're going to be starting in verse one in just a little bit. Second Corinthians one in just a second. The very first person that we should trust in is is God. And I talked last week about Sunday school answers, and of course it's God, right? He's the number one Sunday school answer. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you can group them up in one, you know, in one. And it's, bring your Bible, come to church, read your Bible. Things like this. And of course our, 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 our mindset would always be, oh yeah, we, we trust God first. Well, the problem is this, do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? And even if you trust Him, do you rely on Him? Has anybody seen this? This, these crazy people on faith on Facebook on Facebook it's definitely not Facebook <laughs> I'm not talking about any of you don't go home well Matt talks about it have you ever seen this guy he goes on Facebook on YouTube and he, and he does these trust falls <laughs> if you're laughing you've seen them but he does a trust fall in a very unique way the person that's supposed to catch him has no clue this is happening. Yeah. So, so if I put somebody up here, then I'm not going to pick you, okay? And, and, I, and I walked up and say, trust fall, and you just fall. Now, wh- what happens? You know as well as I do, very seldom he gets caught, he just falls. And it makes the other person feel bad, and it's funny, and everybody has a laugh, okay? But that person is completely relying on something. I've watched... I've watched I've watched people at summer camps and, and things do the, these, these trust falls and they're blindfolded. 
I watched, I watched a girl, and whenever I was in high school, she was in a youth group with me. She was probably 16. She was up on top of a, I don't know, it was probably a six or eight foot ladder. And we had some, some pretty big guys to catch her. But when you get up there, and you're blindfolded, all of, all of that goes away. You have to completely rely and trust on, okay, are the people really going to catch me? And there's there's a, there's a space and time where you're completely you're completely committed. You can't turn back. And then there's a space and time here before you feel anybody touch you. You ever feel like that spiritually? Okay, God, I'm finally going to trust you. And we get and we get up the courage. And some of us, for some of us, it may have taken years. So God, I'm going to trust you. And you fall. And there, and there, and there's that, there's that feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, right, right as soon as you go past the point of no return, what goes through your head is, am I making the right choice? <laughs> there's no coming out of this. In our connect group this week, speaking of how and why we can rely on God. We're talking about creation, and I'm telling you right now, if you can come to a connect group, come to a connect group. These lessons are awesome. And I know some of you are, well, that's, that's pretty egotistical of you, Matt. Don't you write them? Yeah, I do. But they come from a book, and it's not because of my authorship. It's because we study God's Word that I didn't write. He did. And when we study, we're looking at creation. Now listen to this expression. Everything in existence owes its existence to God. He is internally a part of everything that is in existence. Everything in existence owes its existence to God, period. So who do do you rely on? And some of you go, well, I want to trust this invisible, awesome, I can speak the world into into being with my mouth, but I can't see Him. I can't see Him. You ever had breakfast with God? I mean, physically. Him coming, pulling out a chair, having some tricks right next to you. I say tricks because we never got name brand cereal as a kid. And I was, I'm, always, I'm always dreaming. <laughs> People know what I'm talking about. I was a grocery store kid. I get the bag cereal, if we were lucky. But I can't have lunch with God. I can't have breakfast with God. What then? And the reason that we, we talked about the reason I chose this scripture and what Phaedra was talking about has everything to deal with relying on. Relying on God. But you need a support system. You do. Because some of you, just like Jack said a while ago, I tried a whole bunch of stuff on my own. How'd that go? You, you can answer that for me. How'd that go? I remember the very first time I walked into CR. I was invited by a person at Connection. It wasn't Mike. And I walked into CR and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. And if you have ever been to CR, you are going to completely understand what I'm getting ready to tell you. I was at home and the day before Celebrate Recovery, was, we used to have it on Fridays. And, and, it was, and it was on a Thursday. And this person invited me to Celebrate Recovery. And I began to pray. Completely wrongly, by the way. God... Help me go to Celebrate Recovery to support everybody there. To show them that I'm there for them. I wish, I, I wish they didn't have the problems. I wish they didn't have as many problems like me. 
if you've been to Celebrate Recovery, maybe you started to come because of that. So I came in, I go, you know what, brother and sister, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just so glad I can be here to support. It took about 37 seconds, I got hit in the, fa- in the right in the face with a spiritual spatula, and God said, you really don't have it all together, do you? Huh. Um, not as much as I thought I did. See, we, we, think that, we think that we can just do this alone. And I'm not just talking about celebrate recovery. I'm talking about your walk in this world as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can't do it alone. You can't. There's a reason that a partner in a relationship is called a help mate. Many of you have understand this. If you've been married for any length of time, you understand that there's some days that you just don't feel. And the, and the cool term today is you don't you don't feel like adulting, do you? No. There's some days that that you pull more weight than your mate, and there's some days that they pull more weight than you. It's not fifty fifty. It has to be one hundred one hundred. But when we lean on God. He says, "I want you to lean. I want you to fall, and I'll catch you." No pressure. You like doing that? We had, we had a kid in our youth group one time, and my sister was helping lead the youth group, and we were talking to this young man, and who's a very successful 28-year-old right now, underwater welding certificate. I mean, he's, he goes to the Gulf and does all kinds of cool stuff, and swims with sharks and whatever. And I said, Tyler, God really wants us to get out of our comfort zone. And he looked at me with a complete straight face. He goes, yeah, but my comfort zone is the size of a Cheerio. And he was serious. You know, Jennifer said, we need to get out of our hula hoop. He goes, I don't have a hula hoop. I have a Cheerio. And he goes, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. Listen, some of us in here, you have these qualities. Some of the people in here, some of you in here, are the people that you have other friends that can lean on you. Maybe you have a foot braced up against something and you can really catch somebody. It's not the amount of weight that they have personally, it's the amount of spiritual stuff that they come with. And sometimes they come at a little bit higher velocity than you think. Sometimes you really have to absorb some stuff. You ever got a phone call and you have to hold it away because the first five minutes is nothing just but... I don't do that to you when you call me, okay? So don't... Some of you are this. Some of you are great listeners. That's a quality that I think is going away today. Listening. Why did God give us two ears and one mouth? You do the math. Some of you can give solid biblical advice after you listen. Some of us can. Some of us are not there maturity in our maturity level yet, but we you can you can show people this is what I would do, or this is this is really good. I would talk with this person. I would talk with this person. I would do this. And some of you have a very, very awesome gift. You can listen. You can be there to lean on. But you're just good huggers. Now think about this. I'm not calling you all grandmas or grandpa. I'm telling you this. Some of you know how to spiritually hug people. I've been where you've been. Solid advice. It gets better. It does. It gets it gets better. I got news from 
from someone and God knows this need and you can just you can just pray but they lost a member of their family and I talked to that person through text message and instant messenger this morning or Facebook messenger instant messenger is kind of old Facebook messenger and they're, they're going through some crazy stuff now watch this you ready they said they were going to pray for me I said I would love to pray for you and I did and I had several people that they told me to contact and, and we're praying for them. But that person had the audacity to say, I want to encourage you. I want to just pray for you. She is going through crazy things in life. And she said, you know, I want to be an encouragement to you. Do you know how, do you know how opposite that is? Do you know how opposite that is? So it's, it's, like, it's people like that that we can look at 2 Corinthians 1. And we can see what Paul's talking about, these people that truly rely on God. So if you have your Bibles, phones, notebooks, iPads, iWatches, I don't know, has anybody, has anybody, got, has anybody have an iWatch? You're the first one to get the app on the iWatch? Okay, well, okay. Look, at, look at 2 Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1. we're going to read the first 11 verses. It says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to God's church in Corinth and to all His holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all our comfort. So it takes Him, it takes him two, verses to do, two and a half verses to do a greeting. Now look at the last two lines and the last word on the third line up front from the bottom. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Period. We studied this week in Connect Group. Why is, it, why, is it, why is it needed that we look at God creating the world and every time in Genesis 1 he, he creates something, He says it's good. Do you know why He says it's good? It can't not be. He's perfect. If He, if he can create, speak into being heavens and earth and water and fish and plants and cool stuff, by the way, if you want to see one of the greatest displays in art, artistry ever existing in the planet Earth, come to Connect Group this week. Look at the intimacy of the art that God creates this week in Genesis. But God is the source of all our comfort. Look at verse 4. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. If you go through a 12-step at CR, or you look at the, at, the, at the 12 steps or the 8 principles, you'll find that... <laughs> you're working. Okay, you're working up and one of the very last ones is, you know what it is? Go home, keep all the information to yourself. No! It's share with others, right? It's, it's point other people to celebrate recovery. This is how it helped me. We should do the same thing with God. Look, at, look he goes on in verse 4. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. Even we are weighed down with troubles. It is your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can wait patiently, enduring the same things we suffer. We're confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. And we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, He's given testimony. This is what happened to me. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure and we thought we would never live through it. 
In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying... Uh-oh. If you're an underliner, I'd get your pen ready. Look at this. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. <sighs> this comes from the greatest missionary and his, his spiritual son in the Bible. Stop relying on yourself and, you, and we learn to rely on God. Look at this. Why can we rely on God? Because number one, He's always good. He can't not be good. He created the world and He said it was good. It is because He says it is. He's, he's not, he doesn't just act good. God is goodness. He embodies it. Stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely on God. Well, what can God do? He conquered death. You and I don't have many issues that go beyond death, do we? Well, when you put it like that. Look at verse 10. And He did rescue us from mortal danger and He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in Him and He will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers to our safety. For our safety. Look at, look at your first blank in your worship handout. It says, who do we rely on? And it goes down. Do you try and take on problems alone? Do you? Don't answer out loud. Don't look at your mate really weird. Don't text your mate. Maybe, maybe, if, they're, maybe if they're in the back, you say, you know what? You should really look at this sermon online. No? Do you even try to take on your problems alone? Last week we talked about this, didn't we? We talked about the stationery on which we write, the paper. Is it God's stationery or is it your paper? And that, you remember that time in school where you went from the wide rule to the college rule paper? See, now, I have, I have a point. My five-year-old and eight-year-old will draw on blank white paper. And they're in the school, they have the great big, they have the great big lines with the dots in the middle to make sure their letters are right. Pretty soon they're going to get into wide ruled paper. Then you're going to get into college ruled paper. If people still write anymore, most of them probably type, but there's a gra- there's a graduation, right? Writing a one page paper on wide ruled paper is a cakewalk, isn't it? Because you can write really big and spread out. Then, you, then your teacher goes, you know what, I want this on college rule. Ooh. Or if you're typing, you say, you know what, if I do Comic Sans font 16, I only have to type like 116 words on a page. And my, my lovely seminary professors go, you know what, we want this single spaced Times New Roman 10. Wow. I'm like, dude, do you know how many words on a page that is? It's a graduation. It's, it's, it's a graduation. God says, listen, you try things on your own. I'm going to move you up. You need, you need to learn to rely on me. And when you learn to rely on God, He's going to move you up. Just like in school, just like with paper, He's going to move you up. And pretty soon, we're talking about, we're talking about getting you up here with your, with your faith. I can rely on God. How do we know that we can rely on God? Because it's a stair step. You have to start. Somewhere, I don't know a single person in my entire life that has not struggled with trying to do things alone or by themselves. Just in, in your head, just listen to this. Just listen to this question. How hard is it for you to accept any help whatsoever? I don't care if it's opening the door. I don't care if it's carrying a chair. I don't care if it's doing yard work. I don't care if it's lifting heavy things. I don't care if it's reaching tall things. How hard is it for you to accept help? See, our pride gets in the way. And if our pride gets in the way, 
then we can sometimes translate that over into our spirituality and say, God, I can do this myself. Remember, we talked about that last week. Who's stationary? Whose paper are you writing on? And even as a follower of Jesus, we say, you know what, God? I want you to write, I want you to write my story, but I need to borrow that pen real quick. Right? You know what? You had me going here, and that was a good idea. But I don't think I want to go there. And you know as well as I do, that doesn't work out. We, we try to grab God's pen and we say, oh, oh, He's going to really like this one. He designed you. This week we're going to see how intimately He creates. God speaks everything into existence. Everything until He gets to man. And He forms man out of His own image. And this is one of the most beautiful things I would, I would ever hope to be able to go back and look at. is when God breathed life into Adam's nostrils. And He created man. He spoke everything except man and woman. He created you. You're special. In the church, the body of the followers of the bodies, the body of Jesus, the church is the followers together. You are not meant to, on any circumstance, you are not meant to go through life alone. You're not. Now, some people will say, well, Jennifer has a, has, a, has, a, has a boss. Some of you know. She's never been married. She didn't know that God had a mate for her. And she's almost ready to retire and is getting married. She didn't know that there was going to be a mate for her. She said, I, I, was, I was content doing what God wanted me to do. Some of us say, well, if I don't have this, or if I don't have a mate, if I don't have a kid, I'm just not going to be, I'm just not going to be whole. This can get difficult. This is this is not what I'm talking. Paul doesn't. Paul wasn't married. I find I find that very difficult. Doing the thing, doing my job, and having a having a helpmate. I understand the the importance of having her in my life. I don't know. Paul has Timothy. Paul has these these guys that are constantly around him. He's not talking about a relationship, an intimate relationship, or a non-intimate relationship. He's talking about you having somebody to walk alongside. In the mud with. <laughs> they can lift you up. They can, sometimes, sometimes you do the lifting, don't you? Sometimes in these situations, you do the heavy lifting. And sometimes you get carried. And when you get carried, oftentimes our pride likes to speak out. You know what? I can, I can do this one on my own. I can do this on my own. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. This letter's from Paul. Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. If you don't know the story of Paul, it's a wonderful one. God presents Himself in front of Paul and He asks him a question. He goes, hey, dude. This is mass translation. Not NLT or ESV. He says, hey, dude. Why are you picking on my church and my people? Why are you killing them? And God said, I want you to work for me. So chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. Who's Timothy? One of Paul's sons of the faith. See, there was a time when Paul said, okay God, I'll do what you want me to do. Now watch this. We talked about earlier that one of the, one of the steps in CR, that one of the 12 steps is to pass something on once you've learned it. Look what he's doing. He's mentoring. 
He's discipling, whichever word you want to look at. He is, he's bringing up Timothy to be a young pastor that's going to go to a church. He actually visits Corinth right here before Paul comes back. But Timothy comes and says, listen, there's some problems. You've got to come back. But he's passing his information on. I'll show you why this is important. Why is Celebrate Recovery important? Because I've learned to deal with some triggers in my life that I can teach my daughters so they don't grow up with them. Now think about that. Do you want the people that are growing up in your house, your kids, your nieces, your nephews, whoever it is, people that you're around at church, do you want them growing up like you did or would you rather have them grow up more spiritual? Yeah, it's pretty no-brainer, huh? So what CR says, it helps, it helps you learn those triggers and you can, ask my, you can ask my daughters, if there's something that Mary and I, Mary and I do and we're not proud of that and, and we do something wrong, we will go to them and we will apologize. Do you know why? Because we want them to learn that they can communicate with other people when they do something wrong. And you can say, ah. See, some of us don't even like to think about that word. Because we're right all the time, aren't we? I'm sorry. I did something wrong. I'm waiting. It says I'm writing to God's church in Corinth and to all His holy people throughout Greece. Now, Timothy's already been to Corinth. He comes back and reports to Paul and he says this, um, we need to go back there to Corinth. <laughs> and Paul's like, why? He goes, there's some stuff going on we need to address. These people are relying on themselves. See, 2017, this is not a new problem. It's not a new problem. Look at verse, look at verse 2. It says, may, our God, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Why is he asking? Why is Paul writing, may God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace? One of the most unbelievable things that I want for my girls is to not grow up how I grew up, but I want them to even understand more how good God is. It says, May God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Paul knows exactly how God gives grace and peace. He knows it. He's experienced it. You're going to see. He writes this letter after they experience it in Asia. They're given this comfort. They're given this peace. So he says, I want you to have it. Look at verse 3. All praise to God, the, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all our comfort. It doesn't... Listen, there it is. All praise to God, the Father. He should always be first. He's always the number one person that we rely on. That's it. We have to. And you say, well, I can't see Him. <laughs> I've never had breakfast with God. I'd like to. On this earth somehow. See, my selfish nature takes over. I'd like to see my girls, uh, you know, graduate and all this stuff. But listen. It says, May God our, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you the grace and peace. Then he goes on and says, All praise to God. We talked last week that Paul was a man that said, I don't want any pride anymore. And he talked even from prison and gave God glory for it. He says, The Father. He says, praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the new covenant. Jesus' blood. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. How can God be all comfort? Comfort is good, isn't it? It is. We've had some, we've had some cooler weather. 
Some of you have been praying about warmer temperatures. I don't know what you have against me. If this was 25 degrees, we could have a heck of a time. This connection snow party. But some of you are just... I'm just kidding, okay? Are you guys awake? God is a source of all our comfort. Now watch. I'm trying not to move. He has to be. God isn't, God isn't a good God. He embodies what goodness is. And it's very hard. God isn't just good. He is good. Everything about Him is good. We can have a good day, but you can still have a good day and get stopped by a train. You can still have a good day and have that time that you slipped up and you got angry. God is good, period. He's our comfort. Paul is telling these people, listen, He's our comfort. What do you like? We're having, the, we're having these cool days. Maybe you like this. Maybe you have a favorite blanket that you've been snuggling up with watching TV. That's comfort, isn't it? They have these... They have these this, is, this is really, really awesome for some of my friends that have this. But if you have, if you have anxiety, have you seen these really cool weighted blankets? They have weighted blankets on your, on your, on your bed and it just... It like, it like hugs you. Well, that sounds awesome. It sounds like this little cave that you go into and never come out. Right? Maybe some of you like uh, a really strong cup of coffee. Maybe you like tea. Maybe it's something, something that gives you comfort. Listen, we even came up with a brand of food, didn't we? Comfort food? Why do you eat comfort food? I just broke up with my boyfriend. I need some biscuits and gravy. Why? Because it makes you feel better. Man, that sounds good right now, doesn't it? It's Jason's picture, his Jason Berry's McAwesomes at his house. It wasn't on the dollar menu. Those were looking good sandwiches yesterday that I saw. See, we, we, we create this, even this food. Look at the next blank. Look at the next blank. Listen, I want you to really look at what is the source of your comfort. Is it yourself? Is it, watch this, is it this? I have everything that I need right here. I want to tell you something right now. I will never, ever tell anyone to put their complete confidence in something other than God. This can go away. Your health can go away. Your house can go away. Your vehicle can go away. God will not. Period. Why why does He need to be the source of comfort? He's the foundation of comfort. He conquered death. You and I struggle with things that aren't as as final as death, are they? Death is kind of final, (laughs) isn't it? Look at verse 4. Many, many people think, see, Paul goes on and talks about comfort. Many people think, once we just, we just say, God, I, want you, I, I just have comfort in you, and all of my troubles are just going to go away, and we love you, and we thank you, God, uh, for everything that you do for us. <laughs> God is the eye of a hurricane, if you want to think with me about a picture, because I learned better this way. God is in the eye of a hurricane. What's in the eye of the hurricane? Peace, isn't it? Now, you and I can sit off, so let's say that, let's say that, that epicenter is is right over Florida. And he's in the eye of the hurricane, and he's in Florida. And we're in Illinois. But spiritually we're, spiritually, we're in a car, and we're driving towards Florida. We say, God, we want to do what you want to do. You are a source of comfort. We love you. We trust you. We trust you with our kids. What happens when you get closer to the eye of the, 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 the hurricane? The winds get stronger. 
Same thing spiritually following God. God is in God is peace, but this world, until you get there, when you get to peace, you're in heaven. It's over. But the closer that you try to get to God, the more you have to rely on Him to have comfort. Because your life is not going to get just sunshine and flowers the closer that you get to God. Jesus said that. When it gets to that problem, you say, you know what, some people do this. I've trusted you for a little while, it's just getting a little bit too painful. I'm just going to back off. Maybe it'll go away. Yeah, it'll go away. Satan has you right where he wants you. You're no threat to him. There's a television evangelist, and one of them that I think is biblically pretty solid, he, he said something funny real, one time. He said, he said, when I wake up and my feet hit the floor off the side of my bed, I want the devil to say, uh-oh, he's awake again. <laughs> this, is, this is vital. Don't just, don't just say, you know what, it's getting too hard, let's just quit. Too many people have just quit. Don't quit. There, I didn't move that time. Okay. I'll try moving this. Let's look at the next verse. Let's stop right here. Hang on. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Now Paul's talking about comforting other people. He comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort others. This is in one of the last steps in the in the twelve steps of CR. You go through you go through the twelve step program. And it says, because you've learned all this, just keep it for yourself. Go bottle it up and keep it at home. Take it whenever you need it. No. It says minister to other people. Minister to them. Sometimes, sometimes people's schedules don't, don't make it to where they can, they can go to this. Okay, it still, doesn't help, or it still doesn't hurt the fact that when people call me and they say, what do you think about this issue in my life and this issue in my life? I can give them stuff all day long. You know what the first one is? I'd probably go to CR on Thursday. Why? Well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I said, then then I, I, I mess with them. <laughs> In a fun way, okay? I don't, I don't deter them. I say, you should go and support them. Like I try to. <laughs> oh, people, I'm so glad that I can be here for you. <laughs> and God just dealt with me. He said, listen, you don't, you're not addicted to anything illegal, but you get too mad. You want to control stuff. You can get really angry. I know, some of you are like, he doesn't get it. You don't know me. You get angry. I know I may not be the only one in the room that maybe does that. But I have things in my life I need to work on. So I did. I've never had a better relationship than my wife than when I have it right now. And a lot of that is to do to celebrate recovery. Look at verse 5. The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort through Christ. Paul's saying this right here. He said, the closer that we got to that eye of the hurricane, the stronger the wind. Now, in Paul's literal physical case, he said, the more I kept talking about God, the more I got beaten. (laughs) Yet God... Okay, yet somehow God gives him comfort. Comfort is is something that sometimes we can't, just, we can't just see. You need to hear a picture of what it looks like. Comfort is this. Comfort is me understanding that, that a teacher that I had taken their place was going to come back for the next year, and at the end of August, I wasn't going to receive a paycheck from the school anymore. I, I, I signed a one-year contract, and that was fine. But comfort is this. Standing at that copier in April, having one of my friends come up and go, Matt, you know that you're not going to be working here past May. 
He's asking me this question. Do you not think that I know that my job is going to be done? And I have a couple months to find another one? And he, he's a great friend of mine. And I, I tried to show him the comfort that God has shown me. And he stood beside me. He goes, dude, you're, this, would, this would really just flip me out. You don't know where you're going to go. And I said, I called him by name and I said, listen, God, God gives you comfort beyond anything that you can understand. God, God will never let me down. He'll never leave me. And I promise you that He will take care of me. And he looked at me like I had lost every gourd I had ever had. How in the world can you just trust like that? Because I've been there before. See, my spiritual diving board, my, my trust fall, it was a little bit higher than his. I just experienced more. I was raised more in church or challenged more by my parents. God will shower us with His comfort through Christ. See, Paul understood this. He, he would talk with kings. He would talk with rulers. And he'd say, listen, Paul, you got to quit this. And he goes, alright, here's the deal. He would tell people. He didn't let them tell him. He told them. He said, listen, you let me out of here and you beat me or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about Christ. And he goes, and if you kill me, I win. And just let, let, me, let me tell you this. And if you kill me, you're going to be responsible. And I can promise you that God's Word will not go away. In fact, I'll be, they, they will see me as a, as a martyr for my faith. So I'm not going to be quiet. In verse 6, he says, Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is, our comfort, it is for your comfort and for your salvation. For when, he goes on, so if we, when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that you share in our sufferings. You will also share in the comfort God gives us. Why is, why, excuse me, why is Paul saying this? Don't miss out on this. Please hear this correctly. I'm not saying that God says, Oh, good, let's see how bad we can make his day today or her day today. This is what he does allow. He does allow us to suffer. Do you know why? Then when we are put in a certain situation, like me losing a job, or, or Mary and I when we lost our baby, or when we lost these, these things that were huge in our life, and we were put over here, God is, God is showing us. He said, listen, when I allow you to suffer... Paul literally was, was, was making a direct correlation to his suffering to Christ. Not that it was the same, but it was, it was like that. When, you only, when you're in this, in this situation and you can only trust God, guess what happens? You get closer to Him. Try it. Uh, my life is just not going very well right now. Okay. But I'm confident. Not just Paul. See, I know this too. I'm confident that God has comfort for you. It may not be the comfort that you seek. It's important that we have people. Our suffering has a purpose. Now, we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that. It brings us closer to God. One of the big problems we have with this is our pride. Because anybody, myself included, that has trouble taking letting people help me, letting people do things. Oftentimes we have the same problem with letting a God that we can't see somehow take over our stuff. 
Sometimes you do the carrying. Sometimes you get carried. Look at, look at the next blank. Anybody that has been around this earth and has been involved with, with church as a follower of Christ, I guarantee you, well, I don't guarantee you, but I, I assume highly that we will agree on this. It is vital that we have our own spiritual support system. You have to. Paul did. Look at the greatest missionary ever in the world and he has a support system. He has many people that pray for him. Many people that send him things. He raises men up. It's vital. Proverbs 3 says this, Trust in yourself completely. You got it. No, it doesn't say that. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you with which path to take. See, the cool thing about God is you can't get it wrong if you trust Him. We're so worried about getting things wrong. Listen, you trust God sincerely, wholeheartedly, you can't miss it. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I would talk with these young men. I've talked to you about this before. I talked to these young men. They said, well, I want to go to college, or I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. I just want to do what God wants me to do, and He won't give me any answers out loud. I said, no, you're not going to get a text message from God. As high-tech as this world is, you're not going to get Instagram from God. You're not going to get pictures. And I said, but if you, everything you do, and no matter which path you are, if you, if you strive to everything you do, do it all for the glory of God. The cool thing about God is you cannot miss that plan. If you will give Him, if you say, God write it on this stationery, God write it with your pen, you cannot miss what He has. And for some of you, celebrate recovery would be one of those key things to kind of get you back. Man, I really wish I was where I used to be. Look at verse 8 real fast. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the whole trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. Now, Paul's not telling, by the way, Paul's not here, he's not telling an epic story. He's not saying, woe is me, look what happened to me. Okay? This is not a Facebook status of, my day has been so bad, and blah, 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 blah. Please somebody comment on me and tell me how good everything is. Please someone comment and tell me how good I am. And it's not one of these. He's not telling an epic story, but he says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Now they're sharing the gospel here. They're preaching. It says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. That word crushed is huge. You know what that is? Jesus was crushed for our iniquities, by the way. Now you got a clue? Beaten. Senseless. Paul, Paul gives a, a recording of how many times he was beaten, how many times he was in prison, all, the, all these things. Listen, they wanted to put a stop to it. So they just beat them. Now why is this important? This is not an epic story, but why is it important? It's his personal testimony. He goes on in verse 9, In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to re- rely only on God who raises the dead. I want you to remember something with me real quick. Every time you bow your head and you talk to God the Father in heaven, I really want you to hear me. 
Every time that you ask God to give you a good night's sleep, every time that you ask God, give me patience, let me forgive, this and this and this, every time that you bow your head and talk to that God, you're talking about, you're talking to the same God that raised His Son from the dead. Your stuff. We think it is so huge, don't we? This is going to end it all for me. And God says, I raised my son from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. You as a follower of Christ have this to call on. But our pride gets in the way and we don't. Look at verse 10. Paul's personal testimony. And He, God, did rescue us from mortal danger. And He will rescue us again. Again, this is not saying God is going to bring us out with a picnic basket on the other side. Paul says, man... If they beat me and they let me go, I get to preach about Jesus. If they kill me, I get to go to heaven and meet Him. (laughs) I mean, think about this. We have placed our confidence in Him. Do you see? This is not arrogance. This is complete confidence. I understand. I know who I believe it in. I know who you are. And He will continue to rescue us. Do you believe that? This 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 is difficult. We've placed our confidence in something we can't see. Paul's confident in God's power. Look at verse 11. It says, And you are helping us by praying for us. And because they're doing this, look at this, look at the next three words. Then many people. You see, it's just like the, it's just like the, the 12th step in, in CR. You share with people what it's done for you. And many people. It's a multiplication. See, the cool thing about the gospel is it's not just addition, it's multiplication. It's, a, it's many. Okay, Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Some of you, we don't have time in this whole day. And I know some of you are like, is he going to get done before Green Bay and Dallas? Yes, I will. I promise. I mean, not with the other group. I'm just kidding. Listen... Many of you have, have spiritual, spiritually more time in following God than other people in this room. You can understand. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you reach that point in your life, you say, you know what? I was talking with my mate. I was talking with my mate. And it wasn't about... Mary and I talk about this stuff all the time. Not that I'm a better Christian than you. Not that she's a better follower of Jesus than you. But I want to show you this because it's a story. Anything that goes on that we have to make a decision about, guess what? Hey, what do you think? Oh, I know what I think. Hey, what do you think? Oh, I know what I think. You know what happens when we act on those thinkings? Not good. <laughs> we say, you know what? We need to pray about this. And I'm very, very blessed to have a woman that's put up with me for almost 14 years. It's my crazy person. <laughs> but God has answered so many prayers for me and for you. Now, now, now the question is this. Are you breathing oxygen here currently? Chances are good. I'm not a doctor. The chances are really good. Well, I, I'm retired and I don't have anything to, to do. Listen, you come talk to me. If you're a spiritual person that knows, the, that knows the Bible very, very well, I will say, here, I have a person you can meet with every week. And you can begin passing on, much like Paul and Timothy. And we can begin replicating. And as, as, as Fader talks, CR develops leaders. So does mentoring. We learn to de- develop this comfort, this, this situation that we can just say, God, I trust You. 
I want you to know this peace. I don't want to keep it in a bottle at my house, and I can't tell you this peace just comes storming through my door every time there's something that happens. But I will tell you that I know who has who is in control of that stuff whenever it does happen. I can tell you exactly who's in control of that. But maybe there's some stuff going on in your life. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe there's some, you know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, my bills. I haven't been good with my money. My bills. My health. Listen, God wants you to have comfort. But in order to have comfort, He said, I want you to seek Me with everything that you have. Don't rely on yourself. Seek Me. Maybe you, have, maybe you have an issue. You say, you know what? I thought about going to CR for a long time. I've heard about CR for a long time. Just go hang out. There's snacks. Anybody know who Kit Freeman is? Kit Freeman? Shaves a cross in the back of his head. Anybody know who this is? Four people. Okay, good. Anyway, now he's, he's, he's a really awesome evangelist. And, and he talks about food and how important food is in fellowship. He's really Baptist, okay? He's, he says, listen... Do you know how I came to know Jesus Christ? He said, I had a buddy invite me to this youth party. You know how he invited me? One of the greatest evangelists, seriously, that I've ever seen. I said, no, Ken? (laughs) How did they invite you? He said, I was promised two things. Pizza and girls. I showed up and I met this man named Jesus and he changed my life forever. See, God offers this comfort. He is waiting. If you would, just bow your heads with me, God. Guys, God, we thank You so much for this morning. It's rainy. It's a great day to be a duck outside, God. With all this rain. We thank You that we're sitting in a dry chair, in a dry building, with heat. God, we've, we've heard songs that, that talk about Your great love. We've heard songs about tr- us trying to surrender. God, this morning, may we understand that we need a support system. And for some of us, we need Celebrate Recovery. We need, to, we need to fully rely on You. We need to take a back seat in this department. And it's not easy for us. But I pray... For me, I pray for the people that are here, God, that we can continually seek to take a back seat to You. Let us empty out our pride and focus solely on You. We love You, God. In Your name we pray. Amen.